I'm Alan Weiss. Welcome to The Uncomfortable Truth. Today, over protection. We have generational sobriquets. You know, we have labels we attach to generations. The greatest generation. The boomer generation. Generation X and Y and millennials. Today, though, what we really have is the overprotected generation. Part of the growth experience, it seems to me, is getting into trouble. I don't mean committing serial murder. I don't mean arson, but I mean getting into trouble. The police come and chase you from playing in the streets. You trespass on property, you walk on people's lawns. Nothing deadly or fatal, minor annoyances, but you learn the ropes that way. So I'm not talking about robbing drugstores, but I am talking about occasionally you break a window when you're a kid. It's not using crack cocaine, but it is sometimes in high school drinking too much, even though you shouldn't. But this generation is overprotected. This generation is never to get into trouble, never to be exposed to anything that might be dangerous or threatening or even uncomfortable. The only word I can think of, really, is cosseted, not a word I get to use very often. You know, you watch a school bus stop. And the bus stops and people, correctly, stop behind it and stop on the opposite side of the road if it's not a divided highway. But instead of the kid being on the corner ready to get on the bus, the bus driver peers out the opening door and about 50 yards away at a house, the door opens in maybe a minute and a parent brings out the kid and then says a few words to the kid and then the kid gets on the bus And then the monitor checks the back and the rear and the front and the sides and then gets back on the bus. Now, I'm not arguing about how long it takes to wait for the bus to go. That's all right. You can listen to music in your car. But I am wondering about just how safe we have to be. Most of these bus monitors, as I've observed, by the way, are so heavy that when they bend down to look under the bus, they're just staring at the top of the wheel. They can't get down any closer to the ground. There's a move on to reduce or eliminate homework. Reduce or eliminate homework. There are parents who feel that kids shouldn't have to do homework at night at all. Uh, Over here in Portsmouth in Rhode Island a few years ago, parents argued with the high school ruling that if a kid had a D in class, that kid could not play sports. And the thinking was that child, young man, young woman, needed to spend more time studying and not have sports as a diversion because academics was what it was all about. Well, the parents argued it should be an F. If you're failing, fine, but a D is good enough. And that's the problem today. We lower the bar and make things good enough. I look at kids' birthday parties, which sometimes we have to go to, (laughs) or serve as transportation, and there are as many parents as kids there. The parents come and they stay. They don't want to lose sight of their kids. It's not that they're helping with the drinks and food. <clears throat> they just stay. There are media warnings for everything. <clears throat> media warnings about what might be coming, what you're about to see. Do you ever see the initials before some of these programs on cable? TMLVANYZ. What does all that mean? And it's on the screen for about half a second. You can't figure it out anyway. And I'm just talking about primary school here. Because now we have the absurdity that's going on in universities. 
we actually have safe zones in universities. We have places kids can go to feel safe. Remember when we went to bed as children, we had a security blanket? I mean, I did, but I don't mind admitting that, you know. I was under five years old. Now we have safe zones. Some schools created safe zones for kids to go to in universities after Trump was elected, as if the sky had fallen, as if the world were ending, because your candidate didn't get chosen. Can you imagine being held to a safe zone, being given uh, uh, safety, being given a sanctuary because your candidate didn't get elected. We have microaggressions now. Freshmen attend, or is it fresh people? Freshmen attend a session, an orientation session, where some of these diversity officers lecture about microaggressions. In other words, you can't say you guys because that assumes everyone's a guy and you shouldn't. Even though there are 5,000 field reporters every day throwing the feed back to the anchors in the studio saying back to you guys and half of you guys are female. But you can't say you guys. They tell you not to automatically go to an Asian student and ask for help with your math. It's not a microaggression. That might be stupidity. There are trigger warnings for great literature. What you're hearing might upset you and if it upsets you, by no means read it. In other words, in this cosseted generation, if something's going to upset you, stay away from it. Don't be exposed to it. I mean, it's only great literature that's been around for hundreds of years. So we want you to stay away. We want you to be protected. We seem to feel that counseling is needed after an election. We give counseling as though it's after a tragedy, after a natural disaster. After some terrorist act, we give people counseling because the election didn't go the way that they wanted it to. We encourage preventing, in universities, opposing view speakers. Free speech is fine as long as you agree with the prevailing progressive liberal trends there. I make no political conclusions here other than I don't care what your political orientation is, it's not sufficient if you're not listening to other points of view because it's narrow and it's mindless. Yet, what happened at Middlebury, when the speaker was not only booed down but assaulted, along with a professor escorting him, is ridiculous. There are actually professors who defend this kind of thing. We've gone to pass-fail in a lot of schools. So it's not a matter of getting a grade. It's just a line you have to cross, pass or fail. We don't want to recognize you beyond that. In fact, a lot of schools, high schools and universities, have gone away from top 10 students academically. It's okay to reward a great athlete, but not a great scholar. In fact, some schools have removed valedictorian. They no longer recognize the top person academically in the school because everyone should get just, I guess, the equivalent of a participation award. If you went to school, good enough. If you went to school for six years instead of four, you needed two more years, still good enough. Participation's good enough. You don't have to excel. Somebody inform Hillary Clinton about that. And people today make identity choices. You can put down that you have no gender. You can put down that you want to be known by a strange pronoun like Z-E or R-X or whatever. 
And so we're cosseting people. We're telling them not to worry. We'll take care of them. Of course, capitalism doesn't work that way once you're out in the market. And I've got news for you. Capitalism has won. Communism hasn't won. Capitalism has won. It's the way of the world. And it's a competitive framework. So capitalism is Darwinian. It's the best system we've found. No, not perfect. But it's the best we've got. And it does not cuss it. Society moves forward by survival of the fittest, not survival of the unfittest. William Graham Sumner uh, was a classical liberal, uh, now a branch, I guess you would call him a libertarian. Uh, He taught at Yale. He was a spokesperson against imperialism and in favor of what he called the forgotten man in the middle class. So he championed the middle class. And what he said about capitalism and society was this. He said, let it be understood that we cannot go outside of this alternative. Liberty, inequality, survival of the fittest. Not liberty, equality, and survival of the unfittest. The former carries society forward and favors all of its best members. The latter carries society downward and favors favors all its worst members. He wasn't arguing about Racism. He wasn't saying that there were inferior races or inferior peoples, but he did say, in effect, that talent outs. That you have to acknowledge the people who have the most talent and who express it. And those aren't the people being cosseted and protected. These are people who venture out into the capitalist world. So today we have a great kind of dissonance in this cosseted generation. We have people who cannot write a letter. They can't write a thank you note. They can't write a business letter. They can't write a memo. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to use their silverware. They attack their food as though battling a cave person-like, how's that, huh, cave person, to get the steak into their mouths. We take the position that everyone should get a chance. You know, you go to uh, some of these meetings, and instead of the meeting putting up the most talented people, to speak or to facilitate or to lead, they give everyone a chance. And most of those people aren't good enough to do what needs to be done. And you see this in a variety of nonprofits especially. Let's give everyone a chance. Well, why don't you give the audience and the members and the participants the best possible each time instead of giving all of your own people a chance? We think that parents and schools and now even employers should take care of everyone that there's no reason to take care of yourself. We think that protests are action, but getting in the street rarely produces any action except littering the street, and then everyone goes home again. No one is born a bigot. No one is born inept. No one is born a victim. No one is born self-absorbed. We create those conditions. I supported my kids, but I didn't support them to the point of disempowering them. I supported them so they could make their own decisions and go out on their own and lead their own lives and earn their own money. I don't believe it's my job in life to make my kids wealthy and to protect them as adults. Support them, yes, but not protect them. We used to sleep with those security blankets I talked about as infants. And it seems now those blankets are being used to smother us. And so, I don't think we should have a cosseted generation, but that's the uncomfortable truth. 
I invite you to join me at any time on ContrarianConsulting.com, my blog, where you'll find controversial articles, you'll find cartoons, uh, you'll find podcasts, you'll find videos. Uh, We have a cigar bar as well. Hope to see you there. Thank you. Thank you.